Fanatics Football, the football segment of the Fantasy Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate and Mete. What's up, guys? So, How's it going? All right. In today's episode, we're going to recap some more NFL action for you, and then we'll just uh, jump right back into the pickups for fantasy football. We'll give our pickups for the week, and then we'll just preview some games for week eight. Uh, and yeah, uh, let's just hop right into it. Let's get to the scores from week seven. We'll start with Thursday night, Cleveland Browns beating the Denver Broncos 17 to 14. This is an interesting game, both teams without a lot of players. I think significantly the Browns were out of a lot of offensive players in this game. I guess just looking at the stats for them, um, it, it was pretty interesting. Case Keenum got the start. He had 199 passing yards and a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Dearness Johnson, 22 carries, 146 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then for receiving Austin Hooper, two catches, 42 yards, and Jarvis Landry, five catches for 37 yards, and Johnny Stanton had a catch for a touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Browns. Um, it's a clutch win, even though they didn't have a lot of players. Yeah, I think this was more or less a must-needed win against a team with um, really solid defense, and they've been playing pretty hot. So, um, yeah, a pretty needed win. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. Uh, this Denver team also needed a big win. They didn't get it, of course. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 187 pass yards, two passing touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, Javante Williams, four carries for 20 yards. Melvin Gordon, eight carries for 18 yards. So really not much on the ground going for this team. In terms of receiving, Cortland Sutton, five catches, 68 yards. Noah Fant, five catches for 39 yards. And Javante Williams had six catches for 32 yards and a touchdown. And Melvin Gordon had two catches for 14 yards and a touchdown. So at least both running backs got a touchdown in this game. Uh, Mete, getting to you, I guess four losses in a row for the Broncos is not looking good. Yeah, definitely not looking good after their 3-0 and start, like you said, uh, four straight losses. And yeah, I really expected them to win this game after I saw Baker, Kareem Hunt, uh, Nick Chubb out. So, yeah, I feel like they missed an opportunity here. Uh, speaking on this game specifically, I feel like, I don't know, their run game, they uh, did, really didn't uh, get to use it that much since they fell behind. So, yeah, it was a tough game for them. Well, at least uh, even though the run game wasn't that great, the running backs still played well. Both of them found the end zone in the receiving game. So at least they have talent there. It's just they need to sort of get have a better scheme, in my opinion. Um, but just getting to the next game, it's the New York Giants, this depleted roster. They beat this Carolina Panthers team 25-3. to uh, It's insane what this Giants team was able to do with the, the shortage of players that they had. I'll get to the stats first. Daniel Jones, 203 pass yards and a passing touchdown. He also rushed eight times for 28 yards. Devontae Booker had 14 carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Darius Slayton, five catches, 63 yards. Evan Ingram, six catches, 44 yards. And Dante Pettis had five catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, Mete, getting to you on this Giants team, surprising win. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it is kind of surprising. Uh, it's a good win, definitely. Uh, holding... The Panthers, the three points, uh, it's great for them. Great defensive, uh, 
great defensive showing for them as well. I feel like this team, uh, they're definitely way better than a two and five. So yeah, I feel like they're not playing up to their potential. I think once they get Galladay and Sterling Shepard back, they're, they'll be even better. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. This Giants team's pretty banged up, but still found a way to get a win, which is impressive. And then getting to the Panthers, Sam Darnold, 111 pass yards. He threw an interception. He got benched. P.J. Walker comes in, uh, 33 pass yards for him. In terms of rushing, Chuba Hubbard, 12 carries, only 28 rushing yards. So not much going for this team. D.J. Moore, six catches for 73 yards. Chuba Hubbard had four catches for 28 yards and not really anything else that was notable for the rest of this receiving core. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Panthers. This team also has lost four in a row, I guess. What are your thoughts? Um, I guess this is uh, really unfortunate for the Panthers, especially because they were, they had a really good start for this season, but now they're kind of um, slipping. I guess we keep saying like without Christian McCaffrey, it's a lot tougher, which it is. But at the same time, at this point, they have to try to find a way to, I guess, um, get their, momentum back yeah i absolutely agree uh if christian mccaffrey comes back soon at some point that could help um but yeah they uh, i believe stefan gilmore will be coming off the injured reserve as well so the, he'll help sort of on the defensive side uh something has to go right for this panthers team because everything seems to be going wrong right now i think darnold also needs to step up next game for sure and then getting to the next game, this game was a, a thrashing. It was a beating. Uh, the New England Patriots beating the New York Jets 54-13. to There's pretty much no mercy from this Patriots team. I was really impressed and happy about this. Uh, getting to the Patriots stats here, Mac Jones, 307 pass yards, two passing touchdowns. And Kendrick Bourne threw a passing touchdown that went for 25 yards, which was pretty impressive from him. Um, then getting to rushing, Damian Harris, 14 carries, 106 rush yards and two rushing touchdowns. J.J. Taylor, nine carries for 21 rush yards and two rushing touchdowns. So um, four touchdowns on the ground for this team. And then through the air, Brandon Bolden, six catches, 79 yards and a touchdown. Kendrick Bourne, four catches for 68 yards. John Smith, two catches for 52 yards. Nelson Aguilar, two catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. Jacoby Myers, five catches for 44 yards. And Hunter Henry had two catches for 23 yards and a touchdown. Nate, I'll get to you on the Patriots. I guess, what are your thoughts on this big win? Um, I mean, it's still pretty impressive, even though, I mean, it was against the Jets, but at the same time, I mean, it was still 54 points. Um, everybody was, um, everybody was like on the same page. I noticed Kendrick Bourne um, scored a touchdown um, off a passing play, which is kind of surprising. So I guess they just had a really good week all around. Yeah. I mean, everyone remembers the 45, nothing game they put up on the chargers last year. I mean, they do have the potential to put up these big time scoring games just needs to be on a more consistent basis, in my opinion, for this Patriots team. I'll get to the Jets now. Uh, Zach Wilson, 51 passing yards. He gets hurt in this game. Mike White comes in, 202 passing yards, a passing touchdown, but also two interceptions, so not too great for his first uh, game in the NFL. Uh, Michael Carter, 11 carries on the ground for 37 yards, and Elijah Moore had one carry that went for 19 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Michael Carter – eight catches, 67 receiving yards. Ty Johnson, six catches for 65 yards. And Corey Davis, four catches for 47 yards and a touchdown. 
Metti, I'll get to you on this Jets team. I don't know what else to think at this point, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, looks like another typical Jets season as they're off to another rough start. Uh, also, losing Zach Wilson is tough for them. I think he'll be out two to four weeks, something like that. So, yeah, this season, I feel like it's just going to be a development year, especially for the younger guys like Zach Wilson, Michael Carter, and Elijah Moore. I think if those guys uh, improve every week, uh, the Jets fans should be happy. Yeah, I definitely agree, but... Uh, Speaking of quarterbacks getting injured, uh, Patrick Mahomes getting injured in this game, the Chiefs lose to the Tennessee Titans 27-3. to Um, Yeah, there's not much else to say. The Titans pretty much dominated this game. And then Mahomes, he tried to, you know, start a comeback. He gets hurt. And then it just pretty much stays downhill from there. Um, Getting to the Titans first, uh, Ryan Tannehill, 270 pass yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. The funniest thing is Derrick Henry threw a passing touchdown here. He went for five yards, pretty impressive. And then getting to Derrick Henry on the ground, 29 carries for 86 rush yards. It's not his normal efficiency, but 86 rush yards is still pretty solid. Um, and then uh, Ryan Tannehill, I believe, rushed for a rushing touchdown on his two carries that went for six yards. Uh, in terms of receiving, A.J. Brown, eight catches, 133 yards and a touchdown. Julio Jones, two catches for 38 yards. Michael Pruitt, two catches for 27 yards. And I believe his receiving touchdown was the one uh, from Derrick Henry. And yeah, um, Mete, I'll start with you on this Titans team. They beat two big teams in the AFC, both AFC championship teams in Kansas City and Buffalo. I guess what's next for this team? Yeah, I was just going to say that two Really uh, impressive back-to-back weeks for the Titans, beating great teams, like you said. Uh, especially holding the Chiefs to three points, that's definitely not an easy task. Uh, yeah, what's next for them? Uh, reaching the Super Bowl, I guess, two years ago. They lost to the Chiefs in the championship. And then last season, I think they lost in the wild card to the Ravens, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they got close two seasons ago. I think they definitely have a shot to make uh, the Super Bowl if they can play like they did in the last two weeks. Yeah, I was going to say their defense has looked a lot better the last two weeks. That's definitely the thing we were concerned about early on. Uh, I think their next biggest test is against the Colts, I believe, who they're facing this week. So this Colts team's on the rise as well, so we'll definitely have to see how they fare there. Uh, for the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, 206 passing yards and an interception. He gets injured, obviously. Chad Henney comes in. He throws for 82 passing yards. Uh, in terms of um, work on the ground, Pat Mahomes leads with six carries for 35 yards. Darrell Williams had five carries for 20 yards. Then in terms of receiving, Byron Pringle, five catches for 73 yards. Travis Kelsey, seven catches for 65 yards. Tyree Kill, six catches for 49 yards. And there pretty much wasn't anyone else notable here. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on the Chiefs. Not a good outing from this team. Hopefully Patrick Mahomes is okay, but I guess what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess losing uh, Patrick Mahomes is a really big blow for Kansas City. And I noticed that um, Clyde Edwards-Seller is still not playing. So this is not a good sign either. So they're really going to need um, the wide receivers to, I guess, really step up. And I guess the good sign is uh, Chad Henney had a really good completion rate. So as long as he can keep his completion rate up and I guess 
the wide re receivers really step step up. They still have a shot at the playoffs. The only problem is, um, I guess, how hurt Patrick Mahomes is and would he be able to make it on time for the playoffs and how deep would they be able to go? Yeah, like what I was going to say is that I think this is the worst way we'd see the Chiefs in terms of the way this team is constructed. This is the worst possible situation for them, in my opinion. Everyone getting hurt, the defense allowing points, the offense not generating anything. And they're still three and four. I mean, if three and four is the worst Chiefs team, imagine what the best Chiefs team is. It's a team that could go to the Super Bowl. So they're at their low right now. I don't think it can get any lower for them, assuming Patrick Mahomes can come back and play. So I think it's it should be uphill uh, for them uh, from here on out. So hopefully we do see them uh, get some getting some wins moving forward. Um, speaking of a team that just can't stop winning, though, the Green Bay Packers, they won six games in a row. Uh, they won 24-10 against the football team this week. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 274 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Jones on the ground, six carries for 19 yards. Not really much on the ground here, but through the air, this team really capitalized. Devontae Adams, six catches, 76 yards and a touchdown. Robert Tanyan, four catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. Alan Lazard, five catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. And I mean, yeah, they were really solid in this game. Nate, I'll get to you. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, really good job by the Green Bay Packers, um, even against Washington. I mean, Washington's defense hasn't been as good, but at the same time, um, Green Bay has been so, uh, so solid. I feel like they're looking like uh, one of the Super Bowl contenders this year. Yeah, even if they're not a Super Bowl contender, they could even fight for the top seed in the NFC this year, the way they've been playing. They've been really solid. And then getting to Washington here, Taylor Heineke, 268 passing yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. He also runs 10 times for 95 rush yards. Antonio Gibson ran 14 times for 51 yards. And uh, in terms of receiving here, Terry McLaurin, seven catches, 122 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Ricky Seals-Jones, six catches for 51 yards. And Adam Humphreys, three catches for 36 yards, while J.D. McKissick had four catches for 34 yards. Mette, I'll get to you on Washington. I mean, this team, it's been a mixed bag for them so far this year. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I've been saying this and I'll still say it. I think the two biggest issues for Washington is the defense isn't as good as last season, so they've got to pick it up, number one. And then number two, I feel like they're lacking uh, targets. McLaurin, uh, McKissick, he's, all, he's an all-right target. Gibson's an all-right target. And Logan Thomas is great, but he's not there right now. So outside of those four, I feel like they need better targets. Yeah, I definitely agree um, whether a trade has to be made. Um, whether guys like Humphreys have to step up or, or whatever the case is, they definitely have to open up some room for more targets. We haven't seen much from Curtis Samuel or Deami Brown from this team. So yeah, they definitely have some work to do on offense for sure. And then moving to the next game, the Atlanta Falcons being the Miami Dolphins, 30 to 28. Um, getting to the stats for the Falcons, Matt Ryan, 336 passing yards, two passing touchdowns and an interception. Then in terms of rushing, Cordero Patterson, 14 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. And then on receiving, um, Kyle Pitts, seven catches, 163 receiving yards. Big day for him. Russell Gage, four catches, 67 yards and a touchdown. Hayden Hurst, three catches for 35 yards. And Calvin Ridley had four catches for 26 yards and a touchdown. 
Uh, Meti, I'll get to you on the Falcons. I believe they've won like what three out of four. Like this team is really trending up. I guess what are your thoughts? Yeah, they're turning it around. I think the biggest thing is that the offense is finally starting to play to their potential. We all know that they've got a weak defense, so the offense has to carry the load. They've got to put up 30s to win games, and they've been doing that recently. Matt Ryan has been playing great. Uh, Russell Gage, who I was showing a lot of love uh, preseason or whatever when we were doing our rankings, he had a great game, so... Yeah, even Kyle Pitts, he's uh, going crazy now. So, yeah, I think the offense, they're finally clicking, and that's uh, the main way they're going to win games, putting up a lot of points. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. Uh, Hopefully we can see some more from Calvin Ridley going forward. He's been a little underwhelming so far this season, but let's get to the Dolphins now. Tua Tagovailoa has been balling out every single game, 291 yards, four passing touchdowns. He did have two interceptions. But he did have 29 yards on the ground also. Miles Gaskin, though, had 15 carries for 67 yards on the ground. Then through the year, Mike Kosicki, seven catches, 85 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Waddle, seven catches for 83 yards. And Durham Smythe, three catches, 37 yards. And then receiving touchdowns from these three guys, uh, Matt Collins, Isaiah Ford, and Miles Gaskin, all with under 20 yards receiving. Um, but yeah, Nate, I'll get to you. This Dolphins team's lost six in a row. Two has been back. He's balled out. This defense still can't stop anything. I guess, what are your thoughts? I mean, they're in a similar situation as the Falcons in terms of um, their offense is really solid. There's not really too much that they can do. Like, maybe they could have run more, but at the same time, they were behind. So, like, they didn't really have an option except to keep passing the ball. And it almost uh, worked against the Falcons. But they're going to be in a situation where um, they're going to be get going into kind of a lot of slug fests through the air. Um, they're going to have to try to outgun other teams in order to win kind of like the Falcons. And unfortunately it didn't really work out. So they're going to have to find a way to at least increase their defense a little bit more. Yeah, I know they're going to have to do something here because clearly whatever they're doing is not working. Um, yeah, hopefully they can figure it out, though. This Dolphins team started out well, but it's just really fallen off. Um, I guess speaking of a game that we were really surprised with, the Cincinnati Bengals being the Baltimore Ravens, 41-17. to the, This Ravens defense has been so tight all year. I'm surprised they gave up this many points, but let's get to the stats here. Joe Burrow, 416 pass yards, three passing touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, and then on the ground, Joe Mixon, 12 carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Samaje P. Ryan had 11 carries for 52 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then let's get to receiving Jamar Chase. He had a day 201 receiving yards on eight catches and a receiving touchdown. CJ Uzama had three catches for 91 yards and two touchdowns. T Higgins, seven catches for 62 yards. And Tyler Boyd had four catches for 39 yards. Nate, I'll get to you on this Bengals team. Like this is the biggest surprise I've seen probably most of the season. Yeah, it was a big surprise, but I guess um, they did have the personnel to do it this year. Um, I guess with Jamar Chase and all the wide receivers, um, they were able to click with um, Joe Burrow and they were able to capitalize on the Ravens not being as good on the pass as they are against the run. And yeah, they really, really capitalized on that. I'm actually really um, impressed that they were able to shut down the Ravens 
um, passing game and their um, running game. I guess passing game maybe to a lesser extent because they were able still able to get stuff through the air, but it wasn't nearly enough to um, beat the Bengals. Yeah, I definitely agree. This Ravens secondary has been banged up ever since Marcus Peters went down. Um, they just haven't had the personnel back there to be able to you know, stop the pass, so they've had to keep the, the other team in front of them, and it's worked for most games, but I guess it just didn't happen in this game. We talked about the Bengals' defense. Yeah, they've been really solid lately, but let's get to the Ravens' offense here. Lamar Jackson, 257 pass yards and a passing touchdown. Tyler Huntley comes in this game, actually, and he throws for 39 passing yards after they bench Lamar. And then in terms of rushing, um, 12 carries for Lamar, 88 rush yards, so still a good day from him. Devontae Freeman, four carries, 14 yards, and a rushing touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, five catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Rashad Bateman, three catches for 80 yards. And Mark Andrews, three catches for 48 yards. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Ravens. I guess is this just a one-off, or is there a concern with this team? Yeah, I think it's a one-off, like you said. Uh, I think that them not having Latavius Murray really hurt them. I know he hasn't been the greatest, but I mean, he did, he's, uh, he's performed better than what Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell uh, put up this game. So yeah, I think having him would have helped uh, Sammy Watkins as well. He's been the second wide receiver there. Great target for Lamar. So yeah, they had injuries, uh, like you said, but uh, still, this is a really impressive win from the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, they're the one seed in the AFC as we speak. So that's really big uh, for a team that, you know, was a lottery team the last three years. So we yeah, are really impressive from this team. Um, getting to another team that looks like they're going to be a lottery team this year. It's the Detroit Lions, 0-7 to start. They lose to the Rams 28-19. to Getting to the stats for the Rams. Matthew Stafford against his old team. 334 pass yards, three passing touchdowns. He had a big day. Uh, in terms of rushing, Daryl Henderson, 15 carries for 45 rush yards. Then in terms of receiving, Cooper Cup, 10 catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. He just continues to produce. Uh, Robert Woods, six catches, 70 yards. Tyler Higby, five catches for 46 yards. And Van Jefferson had four catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. Matt I'll get to you on this Rams team. I know they're beating a lot of easier teams lately, but I mean, they're still six and one, I guess. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you really can't fault them for beating the easier teams. They got to play who's on their schedule, but this was kind of a close game. Uh, up until like the four minute mark, the Lions were driving about to, I think, take the lead and then Goff gets picked off by Jalen Ramsey. So that was a huge swing in the game. So, yeah, a win's a win, but it was a little too tight uh, for comfort. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, Ramsey was really successful in this game. He blanketed St. Brown, didn't allow him to have any catches this whole game. But we will get to the rest of the Lions stats here. Jared Goff, 268 uh, passing yards, a passing touchdown, and two interceptions. Jamal Williams on the ground, 12 carries, 57 yards. DeAndre Swift, 13 carries for 48 yards. And then through the air, Khalif Raymond, six catches for 115 yards. DeAndre Swift had eight catches for 96 yards and a receiving touchdown. TJ Hawkinson had six catches for 48 yards. And uh, Nate, getting two on the Lions, I mean, this team is now alone and last in the league. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? 
Um, I mean, they are still a rebuilding team, so on some level it's to be expected, but I don't think this was kind of the worst loss that they've had. I mean, this week we've seen some blown out blowout losses, and then this loss was under 10 points. So if Jared Goff didn't uh, throw those interceptions, it would have been a lot closer. So um, again, this is kind of, um, I guess, a relatively close game for the Lions. So I guess that's kind of like a good sign for them. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, there were a lot of blowouts this week, so not too bad for the Lions. Hopefully they can improve on that. Um, there was a game that was a blowout until the Eagles brought it back. They couldn't bring it back enough. The Raiders beat the Eagles 33-22. to um, Getting to the stats for the Raiders, Derek Carr, 323 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and an interception. In terms of rushing, Kenyon Drake, 14 carries, 69 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Josh Jacobs, six carries for 29 yards and a touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Foster Moreau, six catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Hunter Renfro, seven catches for 58 yards. Zay Jones, one catch for 43 yards. And Brian Edwards, three catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. And yeah, uh, Nate, I'll get to you first on this Raiders team. I mean, what, they're like 2-0 and ever since uh, they released uh, John Gruden. And I mean, this team's looking like they're solid again. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I was really surprised because um, normally when you let go of your coach, the team starts to kind of fall apart. So I guess it's kind of, this kind of had the opposite effect, maybe shaking things up in terms of coaching staff, kind of tighten things up a little bit. So I guess we'll have to see kind of just how the coaching changes really affect things though. Yeah, for sure. And then just getting to the Eagles now, Jalen Hurts, 236 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. He also had 61 yards on the ground on 13 carries. Miles Sanders, six carries for 30 yards. Boston Scott had seven carries for 24 yards and a rushing touchdown. Getting to receiving, Dallas Goddard, three catches, 70 yards. Devontae Smith, five catches for 61 yards. Kenneth Gainwell, four catches for 41 yards and a receiving touchdown. And Jalen Rager, had two catches for 25 yards and a touchdown. Um, I guess getting to you, Mete, what are your thoughts on this Eagles team? Yeah, I feel like it's another team in the NFC East. They're better than what their record shows and really unlucky for Miles Sanders, especially uh, if you're a fantasy owner. It looked like he hasn't been getting many touches and it finally looked like they were going to give him the touches he deserved and then he gets hurt so yeah super unlucky uh with them trading zach Ertz now uh before the season if you guys remember i was really high on dallas goddard so yeah this is his time to show that he can be one of the elite tight ends in the league yeah i definitely agree and speaking of zach Ertz, let's get to his new team now the arizona cardinals beating the Houston Texans 31 to five. This was a DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt revenge game. And man, uh, boy, did this Cardinals team play really well. Kyler Murray, 261 pass yards, three passing touchdowns and an interception. Um, in terms of rushing, Chase Edmonds, 15 carries for 81 yards. James Conner, 10 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. Seems like Conner's getting a touchdown every week. He's having a really good year. Um, and then in terms of receiving, A.J. Green, three catches for 66 yards. Zach Ertz, three catches for 66 yards and a receiving touchdown, his first with his new team. 
DeAndre Hopkins, seven catches, 53 yards and a touchdown. Christian Kirk, four catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. Mette, I'll just get right back to you. Cardinals team undefeated, 7-0. and What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, uh, they're definitely contenders. And the addition of Zach Gertz, I feel like, was the last missing piece for their offense. They've got great receivers, uh, two great running backs with Connor and Edmonds. And then they were really missing a tight end. And yeah, they got Zach Ertz. So this is going to be a scary team this season for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, They've been beating pretty much everyone, easy teams, difficult teams. We'll have to see how they do in week eight, but I definitely like this Cardinals team for sure. Getting to the Texans, uh, Davis Mills, 135 pass yards for him. Uh, in terms of rushing, David Johnson at seven carries for 25 rush yards. Then in terms of receiving, Nico Collins, two catches for 28 rush, sorry, for 28 receiving yards. David Johnson, five catches for 27 yards. And Brandon Cooks at five catches for 21 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on this Texans team. I mean, they're pretty much just the same every week without Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. We keep saying every week um, they need Tyrod Taylor to come back somehow because he is the spark of um, this Texans offense. Um, I mean, they are pretty much um, outmatched by the Cardinals on both ends of the ball. So there wasn't too much they could have done, but I guess maybe they could have kind of lead in, leaned into their uh, running game a little bit more to try to keep it closer. Yeah, I mean, they have three solid running backs, Johnson, Ingram, and Lindsey. Definitely, if they could run two running back sets at times and, you know, just try and get the ball to them, I think it would definitely help them out. But I guess we'll have to see if they'll do that moving forward. Man, this next game was a blowout. Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Chicago Bears 38-3. to This was not even close on any level. I'm getting to the Bucs stats here. Tom Brady, 220, 211 rush passing yards and four passing touchdowns. And um, eventually Blaine Gabbert just came in through for 15 passing yards. Uh, in terms of rushing, Leonard Fournette, 15 carries, 81 yards and a touchdown. Ronald Jones, 10 carries for 63 yards. And then getting to receiving Chris Godwin, it was his big day this week. Uh, eight catches, 111 yards and a receiving touchdown. Mike Evans had a big day as well. Six catches, 76 yards and three receiving touchdowns. So huge for him. And um, yeah, Nate, I'll get right back to you. Tampa Bay is just pretty much on a roll at this point. Yeah, I guess they um, figured out how to flip the switch this season again. And even against a team that usually has good defense like the Chicago Bears. Although I guess their defense isn't as good this season, but still um, they were able to, I guess, um, find find the end zone multiple times and they basically shut down the bears offense as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. Not much here from the bears, Justin Fields, 184 passing yards and three interceptions. So not a good day for him. He did have 38 yards on the ground as well. Khalil Herbert was the only bright spot for this bears team. He did have hundred rushing yards and 18 attempts. The most I think we've seen from any running back against the Bucks this year. So pretty solid. Uh, in terms of receiving, Cole Komet, five catches, 43 yards. Darnell Mooney, two catches for 39 yards. And Khalil Herbert, five catches, 433 yards. Mette, I'll get to you on this Bears team. I mean, they'd been winning. Uh, I think they were 3-2 and two at one point, and now they're 3-4. and four. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, I feel like they're a decent team, but with Justin Fields, it's going to be 
a lot of games like this where it's just learning experiences for him as he's a rookie. But yeah, I really like what I saw from Khalil Herbert. I think they got a really good running back in him. Uh, if they want to, they could definitely look to trade Montgomery or something and try to go younger, but that's up to them to decide. But I feel like the biggest issue here is Allen Robinson. He's having a really tough season. And I don't know why, because, I mean, he's put up a thousand yard seasons with guys like Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky. So you can't really blame the quarterback. Uh, it's just something's off with him right now. Yeah, there's a chance that he doesn't re-sign uh, this summer. Uh, that's, there's definitely a big chance that that doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, moving on to the next game, we get to Sunday night. Indianapolis Colts beating the San Francisco 49ers 30-18. to 18. Um, We'll look at the Colts here. Um, Carson Wentz, 150 pass yards, two passing touchdowns. He also rushed for 23 yards and a rushing touchdown. So three touchdown day for Carson Wentz. Great game for him. Jonathan Taylor, 18 carries, 107 rush yards and a rushing touchdown. So big game for him too. And then Michael Pittman in terms of receiving four catches, 105 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Moelle Cox had three catches for 25 yards and a receiving touchdown also. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on this Colts team. They're really turning around their season. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think they started 0-3, something like that. So definitely turning it around. Uh, Wentz is playing a lot better. I mean, 150 yards, it's not a lot, but he's not turning the ball over. He's throwing two touchdowns. And he's getting the job done. So great job on him. Taylor, too. Great game. They didn't even have T.Y. Hilton in this game. And he was great for them. So, yeah, to beat a good defense like this is definitely impressive for the Colts. Yeah, I definitely agree. That fumble that Wentz had, I mean, it was it was raining the entire game. Stadium was wet. The ball kind of slipped out. We all saw it. I wouldn't blame that on Wentz. He has been protecting the ball a lot better. Speaking of a guy that wasn't, though, I'll get to the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. He had 181 pass yards. He had a passing touchdown, but he had two interceptions, one at the end that just really didn't look good. Um, in terms of rushing, though, Eli Mitchell, 18 carries for 107 rush yards and a rushing touchdown. He had a great game. Then in terms of receiving, Debo Samuel, seven catches, 100 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. And then Charlie Warner had two catches, 430 receiving yards and that was pretty much it for the 49ers Nate I'll get to you this 49ers team they're banged up on defense they're banged up on offense again I mean I guess what are your thoughts on this team going forward um I guess they might end up struggling a little bit more until um I guess their guys come back I feel like um San Francisco they do they they've been having um injury issues for the past couple of years and it's been I'm kind of rough, so we'll just have to kind of see what adjustments they make going forward. Yeah, I definitely agree. And speaking of a team with injury issues, the Seattle Seahawks lose another close one to the New Orleans Saints on Monday night, 13-10. to 10. Uh, Getting to the Saints stats, uh, Jameis Winston, 222 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Alvin Kamara, 20 carries for 51 rush yards. Jameis Winston at 8 carries for 40 rush yards. Then in terms of receiving Alvin Kamara, 10 catches, 128 yards and a receiving touchdown. Adam Trotman had three catches for 36 yards. And Marquez Callaway had three catches for 32 yards. 
Uh, Nate, I get, I'll get to you. I guess. What are your thoughts on this Saints team? Um, I mean, I still think this was a pretty decent game by the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I guess it was a pretty close game, but um, the Saints are a pretty good team on both um, offense and defense. Um, even uh, with, I guess, Geno Smith filling in, I guess this was a pretty good one. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get to Geno Smith now. He had 161 pass yards and a passing touchdown. Um, and then in terms of rushing for the Seahawks, Alex Collins, 16 carries for 35 rush yards. So not much here. And then in terms of receiving, DK Metcalf had two catches that went for 96 yards and a touchdown. So pretty decent game from him. Freddie Swain, four catches for 39 yards. And then really just not much else from the rest of this team. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Seahawks. I mean, is this team like, do we just write them off until Wilson comes back? Or I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like they are a write-off without Wilson. You just got to wait for him and hope that they can go on a big win streak because, first of all, they're in a really tough division. And, yeah, they're falling really behind now. They're 2-5, and five, so they've got to turn it around quick with him. Uh, they even don't have uh, Chris Carson. They're starting running back, so... Yeah, missing two starters on your offense uh, will definitely do things like this too. Yeah, I can agree that their offense is pretty much a write-off at this point. Their defense has been better, which I do like. Um, if they can get Wilson back, they definitely have a chance to get some wins. Whether they can make the playoffs or not, it'll just depend on when Wilson comes back. But that's definitely something we'll have to look out for. All right, let's move right into our fantasy pickups for week eight. Let's start with running backs. I'll go ahead and just get things started. I have Kenneth Gainwell running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it looks like Miles Sanders has some type of ankle injury. I think he'll be out for at least two weeks, if not more. Um, so Gainwell, he should be the main guy there. I know Boston Scott is there. There might be a 1A, 1B situation, but it looks like Kenneth Gainwell is the guy catching the passes in the backfield. So I'm kind of preferring him a little bit. So definitely go pick him up. Uh, I know he was owned in under 30% of leagues heading into this week. So you definitely want to jump on him as soon as you can. Um, and then Mete, I'll get to you for your running back pickup for the week. Yeah, I have Boston Scott. Uh, pretty funny. Like you said, it is a 1A, 1B situation. Uh, Gainwell played 35 snaps and then Scott played 23. So it's not playing as much. But I really liked what I saw from Boston Scott in previous years. He's a shifty guy. He's a good pass catcher. So, yeah, I think uh, he's definitely worth rostering. Yeah, I guess if you can't get Gainwell, you can get Boston Scott, and there's a chance that one of them is going to pop off. So you definitely have the option between the two. Um, Nate, I'll get to you for your running back pickup for the week. So for the week, I guess my running back is more of like a deep league pickup, um, Samaji. Um, Perrine. Um, he's mostly, I guess, for deep leagues, mainly because um, they are facing the Jets, which um, that you should be able to get a lot of points, but at the same time, they might just lean into Joe Mixon, so it kind of depends on um, how many minutes that you think that um, Samaji's going to get. I mean, if J.J. Taylor can score two rushing touchdowns as a backup for the Patriots, I think he's even like a third string running back. So Samaji is going to get work. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's pretty solid one week pickup, at least. And I guess if you have Mixon, you should pretty much pick him up as a handcuff for sure. Then getting to wide receiver, I'll start here. 
I have Michael Gallup for the Dallas Cowboys. It looks like he's coming off IR this week. Um, with Dak Prescott throwing an insane amount of passes as of late, um, Gallup's going to get work. He's more the deep threat, a stretch the field type guy for this offense. So um, he could take three catches for 70 yards and still have a decent fantasy day in your flex spot. So, I mean, he's definitely a guy that should be on um, most uh, le- uh, most rosters in leagues, I guess, 10 to 12 men, anything deeper than that. There's no way he should be on the waiver wire, but Gallup's definitely a guy I would look at this week. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you for your wide receiver of the week. Yeah, I was uh, going to go with Rashad Bateman, but I decided to go with Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, and Alan Lazard. They're on COVID list. So, yeah, the Packers are going to be short on targets. And Randall Cobb, he plays with Aaron Rodgers. They've played together before. They've got great chemistry. So, yeah, I think uh, he'll go to Randall Cobb a lot this week. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that pickup. Um, Thursday night football as well, so you'll get those early points. Definitely go pick him up. And then, Nate, getting to you for wide receiver, I guess, who are you looking at? Um, I guess uh, you could take a look at maybe uh, Tim Patrick. He's about 38% rostered. He didn't have the best week last week, but over the entire um, year, he's been having pretty solid weeks, so... Um, depending, I guess, on the strength of the defense that Denver's facing, he should still be able to get some points for you. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Mete, you also mentioned Rashad Bateman. I know his team, I think they're on bye week this week, but you should probably go pick him up because once they come off bye week, he'll be in more demand. So if you have a chance to pick him up, uh, now is a good time to go pick him up. Um and then I'll get to tight ends. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you for tight ends, I guess. So who's your tight end pickup for the week? Um, I guess for shallow leagues, you can take a look at CJ Uzoma. Um, I mean, the Bengals, they've been playing really solid right now. Um, Uzoma, he's been getting a lot of catches. He's been able to get the fantasy points. That's really important for tight ends. So I think for shallow leagues, you can definitely take a look at him. Um, most likely, he's probably going to be around 40 or 50% this week if he ends up having a really big game again but we'll have to see about that and then for deep leagues you can maybe take a look at pat um Fryermuth. i think for uh deep leagues he's been having decent enough fantasy points that you can kind of um pick him up so yeah yeah i definitely agree with both of those guys Fryermuth just coming off a of bye week some people might not be keeping an eye on him he's definitely a guy you should be looking out for for sure and then getting to quarterbacks, I have Tua Tagovailoa again because, I mean, he's putting up over 20 fantasy points per game and people are still not picking him up. He's still under 50% rostered. I don't know what the stigma is with this guy. It's not the offense's fault that this team's losing games. He's still putting up great stats. The guy threw four touchdown passes this week. I mean, what more does he have to prove? He's a solid quarterback. Uh, he could be a borderline starter in standard 12-team leagues. So definitely go pick him up. It's really solid for sure. And then Mete, I'll get to who's your quarterback pickup for the week. Yeah, I actually went for Joe Flacco. Uh, Zach Wilson, he just got hurt. I know uh, he plays for the Jets now, and a lot of people would want to avoid that. But what I see in the Jets is uh, a bad team that's going to fall behind. Uh, Flacco will get a lot of throwing opportunities. And he played there last season, so he's pretty similar familiar with the system sorry and uh yeah he's a 
good veteran quarterback. He put up pretty good numbers, honestly, for being on the Jets last season. So, yeah, uh, he might even be better than Zach Wilson right now. I'd go for uh, Joe Flacco. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy you can look at. I know um, technically they have a lot of new coaches, so the system might be a bit different, but I know he's familiar with a lot of the players there. So that's definitely something you want to look out for, for sure. And yeah, um, that's pretty much the end of this week's pickup. So let's just move into the preview for week eight. We'll start with the Thursday matchup. Nate, I'll get to you for Green Bay against Arizona for fantasy. Uh, I guess for um, starts for Green Bay, you can maybe take a look at um, Aaron Rodgers, um, Aaron Jones. You could take a look at uh, Tanyan as well and Randall Cobb and maybe uh, Equinemius St. Brown. Um, the reason you take a look at those guys instead of Devontae Adams or Alan Lazard or even Valdez Scantling is basically they're all out. Um, Scantling's on IR. Um, Lazard's out due to COVID protocol. So is Devontae Adams. And for Arizona, you can take a look at most of their roster, actually. Kyler Murray, James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, AJ Green, Zach Ertz. And you can even take a look at Chase Edmonds and Ron Dale Moore for deeper leagues as well. Yeah, for sure. I guess if they activate Vanda Scantling off IR, would you start him over St. Brown? Um, I guess maybe you could. Um, the only My only concern with, I guess, either option is um, they may not get enough, um, I guess, catches in order to be fantasy relevant. So you're going to have to, I guess, um, double check for both players, especially if Scantling comes off of IR. All right, for sure. And um, speaking of that whole COVID thing, it's really moved the spread here. The Cardinals are now even heavier favorites. They're at six and a half points now. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you first. Uh, do you like the Cardinals favored or do you like the Packers as underdogs? Um, I still kind of uh, like um, the Cardinals. I mean, they are 7-0. Until a team kind of um, beats them or forces them not to cover, I feel like you should just ride with them. All right, Amete getting to you, I guess. What's your feel for this game? Yeah, I think I'm also going to go with the Cardinals. They're at home. Spread is a bit uh, large, but, yeah, there's way, just way too many injuries or people out for the Packers that I just have to side with the Cardinals. Yeah, I think this might end up being a frustrating game for Aaron Rodgers if he can't get his offense going, if they're not catching passes. I know it, normally this game would have the feel of like a three or four point win for a team. But yeah, I think there is a good chance the Cardinals pull away of this game. I, I just watched the spread, though. If it keeps climbing over a touchdown, then maybe I would side with the Packers. But I guess right now I like the Arizona Cardinals here. I'm getting to the next game, Philadelphia Eagles against the Detroit Lions. Um, I'll preview this one for fantasy. Guys, you want to start for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, Kenneth Gainwell, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. And potential starts, uh, maybe in deep leagues or guys you should sit. Um, I got Jalen Rager, Boston Scott, Quez Watkins, and Miles Sanders if he somehow plays, but he's most likely going to be out. Um, and then for the Lions, my only two starts would be DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson as they've been the only reliable ones. And then guys that I'd either start in deep leagues or I'd probably sit would be Jared Goff, Jamal Williams, Khalif Raymond, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, getting to the spread for this game, 
Uh, looks like the Eagles are favored by three and a half on the road. Matt I'll start with you. Which way do you like here? Uh, three and a half. Uh, yeah, I think they should cover that. Um, the Lions, they're 0 and 7. Eagles, uh, 2 and 5. Yeah, I feel like it's hard to trust the Lions right now. All right, Nate, getting to you, I guess, uh, which side would you be on here? Um, I guess just to be different, I'll go with the Lions. Um, the Lions. They are sometimes able to cover, and the Eagles, they kind of – they haven't had the best offense in the league. I think their offense is, like, bottom three at the moment. So if they uh, – if the Lions play hard enough, they might actually be able to cover this. Um, can I be different than both of you? Can I say the Lions might actually win this game? I don't know. They're at, they're at home. I'm, I'm actually feeling like this could be a game that the Lions might actually win. So I will take the Lions to cover here. I don't know. It's just a feeling I have. It's a weird feeling. I know the Eagles are a better team, but I don't know. This just feels like the type of game that could go the Lions way. So we'll definitely have to see what happens. So yeah, I will take the Lions as well. Um, and then getting to the next game, um, Miami against Buffalo. Uh, Matty, I'll get to you for that for fantasy. All right. So for Miami, like you said, James, Tua has been on a tear. So uh, you could start Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Probably in deeper leagues or if you're in a tough quarterback situation, if you have like a bye week, tough matchup. Uh, if your quarterback one is struggling or he's injured, you definitely got to take a look at Tua. Uh, Miles Gaskin, Jalen Waddell, Mike Kosicki, he's been great lately. And Devontae Parker, if he can play, he's questionable right now. So, yeah, just check out if he'll be able to go. For Buffalo, uh, Josh Allen. Zach Moss and Devlin Singletary, I'd go for in deeper leagues or if you have a running back situation as uh, their run game hasn't been too reliable. So, yeah, uh, Stefan Diggs for sure. Manuel Sanders and Cole Beasley is definitely worth a look as well. All right, for sure. And getting to the spread here, Buffalo's favored by 14 points. Uh, Matty, I'll start with you, I guess. So what do you think about this spread? Uh, it's kind of a larger spread, but the Dolphins they haven't been too impressive uh, so far this year. So it's honestly a really tough call. Uh, I'll just go with Buffalo. I can trust them right now. Yeah, actually, I think I misread. The spread is at 13 and a half right now. It could get to 14, though, the way this is going. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you. Uh, who do you like here? Um, I guess I'll go with the Dolphins mainly because um, this is pretty much going to be another slugfest through the air, I feel like. Um, the Dolphins most likely aren't going to be able to stop the Bills, but if um, Tua plays like he's been playing so far and the Bills, um, they don't kind of tighten up, tighten up their pass defense, it might they might end up, I guess, being able to cover 13 and a half to 14. Yeah, I think you're right about that. The Bills have been allowing a lot of points. I, they, they'll definitely win this game for sure. Um, but yeah, I think I might like the Dolphins to cover here. Their offense isn't the problem. I think their offense can score, so I think they will score in this game. So yeah, Nate, I'll also go with the Dolphins as well. Um, Nate, I'll get to you now. Bengals versus the Jets for fantasy. I guess for um, Bengals, there's quite a few players you can start because they're they've been really good. 
Um, you can start, I guess, Joe Burrow, uh, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and C.J. Uzoma. And then in deeper leagues, you can even start Tyler Boyd. And I guess for the Jets, um, it's been looking kind of rough for them, but you can maybe start Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder. And then in deep leagues, you can start Michael Carter. All right, sounds good. And getting to the spread, Bengals are favored by 10.5. Nate, which side are you looking at? Um, ten and a half is kind of a lot, but um, the Ravens are a better team than the Jets, and uh, the Bengals were able to, to cover that, so I think they should be able to cover this as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am going to agree with you. I'm going to take the Bengals as well. Like you said, um, they really beat down a Ravens team uh, that just didn't really come out to play, and the Jets haven't been coming out to play almost every week, so um, yeah, I, I'll definitely agree with you. I guess, Mete, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's hard to trust the Jets, even though they're at home. And I feel like 10 and a half, it's not even that big of a spread. So Bengals seems like the right cho- choice here. I mean, you could have put the spread at minus 30 for the Patriots this week and they would have covered it. So, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree to what you have to say there. Um, San Francisco against Chicago. I'll cover that one for fantasy. For the 49ers, they just really haven't been getting a lot of offense with all their injuries. Only guys I'd probably start are Eli Mitchell and Debo Samuel. The rest of the offense has not been reliable enough. In deep leagues, you could look at Garoppolo. He has been turning over the ball over a lot, which is the problem. Uh, Trey Sermon's not getting much work, and Brandon Ayuk has pretty much fallen off the map at this point, so probably don't even touch him at all. You can drop him if you want to. Um, and then getting to Chicago, Khalil Herbert obviously is the starter until um, Montgomery comes back. You got to roll out Robinson most likely if you have him because there are bye weeks and you probably drafted him high. And Darnell Mooney's getting the most targets in this offense. So you're probably going to roll him out because he's going to pop off at any time. And guys I'd sit, probably Justin Fields, Damian Williams only got five carries last game. So you can sit him. Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham, they're not reliable enough. So you can sit them as well. Um, and then getting to the spread for this game, um, I guess as of right now, um, Where's the spread here? Yeah, it's at three and a half for the 49ers. Uh, Mete, I'll start with you. Um, which side do you like better here? Uh, this is a tough one as well. I, I'm not really the biggest fan of the 49ers this season. And the Bears are with a, a rookie quarterback, so it's a tough call for me. I think I'll just go with the 49ers since they got the plus and yeah, I feel like it's a toss-up game. Yeah, actually, I think the 49ers are favored in this game at three and a oh, half. Does that change okay. anything? Yeah, uh, then I'd go with the Bears. All right, Nate, I'll bounce it to you. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I feel like this should be a stay-away game, but um, I guess I'd go with the Bears as well because even if Justin Fields, um, he doesn't have the best week, they still should have the running game to uh, keep up with the 49ers. Yeah, I'm going to actually agree with you guys. The Bears are at home and yeah, getting points. Yeah, that's it seems like the right the right pick. But then, um, yeah, uh, I'm not really sure. That's sort of where my lean is. So, yeah, I, I am going to side with the same um, team as you guys in the Bears. Um, and then getting to the next game, Atlanta against Carolina. Matt I'll get it to you for fantasy. All right, so for Atlanta, Matt Ryan in deeper leagues or if you've got a tough quarterback situation, he's been great lately. 
Cordero Patterson. Uh, it looks like he's taken over as the starting running back. Calvin Ridley, like you said, James, he needs to pick it up, but you still got to start him and then uh, definitely start Kyle Pitts. And then for Carolina, the only two guys I'm trusting right now is uh, Chubba Hubbard and DJ Moore. All right. And getting to the spread here, the Falcons are now favored by three. I know coming into the week, the Panthers were favored, but they just haven't looked great. Falcons are favored by three. Mete, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, another tough one. Uh, like you said, the Panthers, they've been looking really shaky lately. So I think due to that, I'd probably uh, go with the Falcons. Yeah, Falcons are looking better and better each week for me. I think I might mean the same way as you, but I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts? Um, I guess I was thinking about maybe sticking with the Panthers, but I guess until Pan- the Panthers get their momentum back, maybe you should kind of go against them. All right, sounds good. And then getting to the next matchup, Cleveland against Pittsburgh. Nate, I'll get to you for this preview. So I guess Cleveland's a little bit tougher to tell because there's so many people who are questionable. Um, Nick Chubb is questionable, so you want to double you want to double check um, to see if Nick Chubb is going to be um, playing before Thursday. Um, Dernis Johnson, he should be good if Nick Chubb isn't playing. Jarvis Landry is also questionable, but you should be able to be good to start him for now. Um, kind of a similar situation uh, with Odell. He's he's playing hurt right now, but he still um, he still uh, looks like he wants to play. So for now, maybe you can start him. And then in deep leagues, you can maybe take a look at Richard Higgins. Um, Donovan Peoples Peoples Jones is also questionable, so you're gonna want to double check. And so you can maybe take a look at Austin Hooper and David Njoku in deeper leagues, especially if um, more more than one receiver is out. All right. Um, and then I guess for Pittsburgh, who are you looking at? For Pittsburgh, um, you can maybe take a look at uh, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, uh, Chase Claypool, and Pat uh, Fryermuth. Uh, Juju's still on IR right now, so uh, don't start. All right, for sure. And then uh, getting to the spread here, the Browns are at home. They're favored by three and a half. I guess, Nate, are you sticking with the Browns or do you like Pittsburgh here? Uh, it's really hard to tell because um, we don't know if uh, Baker is going to be playing. Um, unfortunately, I'm not really the biggest believer in Casey Keenum right now. And we don't know if Nick Chubb is playing. We don't, uh, we don't know if a lot of guys are playing. I think Kareem Hunt is, um, you can't really, can't really uh, rely on him to start because he's still injured. It's going to be hard to say. I want to say roll with Cleveland, but I feel like the Steelers might actually be able to cover this. All right, Matt, getting to you, I guess, which side are you leaning here? Yeah, like Nate said, uh, due to us not knowing uh, who's going to play for the Browns, at this moment, if you were to bet, you should probably go with for the Steelers, but I would probably just uh, wait until Sunday, probably around like 12 o'clock, that's when we'll probably know uh, most news of who's going to play for the Browns. So, yeah, uh, if you're betting right now, just go for the Steelers. 
Yeah, I'd honestly probably take the Steelers, whether whoever's playing for the Browns or not. If Chubb's in, if uh, Baker's in, I'd still take the Steelers just because they're not going to be at 100%. Um, Steelers coming off a bye against Cleveland uh, with Mike Tomlin as a coach. They are 3-0. and So this Pittsburgh team coming off a bye in general, they have a winning record. Coming off a bye against Cleveland, they're undefeated. I think this is just the spot where you just got to hammer Pittsburgh. So I'm going to do that here. No matter who's in the lineup for Cleveland, I like Pittsburgh at plus three and a half. I think they'll be pretty solid in this game. Um, and then getting to the next game, um, Houston Texans against the LA Rams. I'll preview that for fantasy. Uh, so we'll start with the Texans. The only guy you're starting is Brandon Cooks, but he's been a pretty shaky start as of late. So I, there's a chance I might not even start him at all. Um, deep league guys, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay. And if you're desperate at quarterback, you can roll with Davis Mills, probably get picked off a couple of times by Jalen Ramsey in this game. But uh, yeah, he's just, if you, if you want to give him a look, why not? Um, yeah. And then for the Rams, uh, Maddie Stafford, Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Tyler Higby. And then I guess deep league looks are Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson, and Sony Michelle. Um, so we'll just get to the spread on this game. Um, it looks like it's, Wow, it's gone up to 14 and a half now for the Rams. Um, I don't know. I might lean with the Texans here just because the Rams had a huge spread against the Lions last week and they didn't cover it. There's a chance that they don't cover this one, but I don't know, Mete, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think I'll have to go with the Rams, even though it's a bigger spread. Uh, yeah, the Texans without Tyrod Taylor, they're super hard to trust, even with big spreads. So. I'd go for the Rams. All right, Nate, and then what are your thoughts? I would still go with um, the Rams. Um, I guess, like, any team that's, like, a playoff-level team, it looks like they've been able to cover against the Texans, even with really big spreads. So can't really trust the Texans until Tyrod Taylor comes back. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, getting to the next game here, uh, the Indianapolis Colts against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Matt, I'll get to you for that preview. Yeah, so for the Colts, Carson Wentz, uh, he's been great lately. Jonathan Taylor, for sure. Michael Pittman, and I'd go for T.Y. Uh, Hilton, sorry, if he could play. And then uh, for Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill in deeper leagues, or if you've got a quarterback situation. Derrick Henry, for sure. A.J. Brown, for sure. And then Julio Jones, I'd go for in deeper leagues. Uh, he's definitely got talent, but it's just uh, he hasn't been the greatest fit with Tennessee so far. So, yeah, only in deeper leagues I'd uh, start Julio. All right, and then getting to the spread here, Titans are only favored by one point. This is like a pick-a-winner game. So, Mete, who's going to win this game? Uh, yeah, like you said, it's kind of like picking the winner. Titans really impressive last two weeks, but Colts have been picking it up. They're at home. Let's just roll with the Titans. Uh, since they've beaten two really good teams, uh, I'll trust them for this one. All right, um, Nate, who are you taking here to win this game? I guess just to be different, I'll go with the Colts. Um that it'll pretty much come down to um, passing versus running. Um, no, nobody's been able to stop Derrick Henry so far. So 
I feel like there's going to be a lot of rushing touchdowns, but at the same time, um, Tennessee isn't the best at stopping the pass. So I guess that's going to be kind of an opportunity for the Colts to keep up with the Titans. Yeah. And then for me, just looking at this spread, like I said, it's pretty much a pick at this point. Um, I mean, if this game comes down to the wire, like the Buffalo Tennessee one did, would I trust Carson Wentz more than we trusted Josh Allen to get the one yard? From what I've seen lately, I'd probably say yes. I mean, that fake that he did to get that rushing touchdown was pretty impressive on Sunday. And I mean, if they need a big play from Wentz, whether it's a deep ball, whatever it is, he's been able to, to do it. So yeah, I think I might lean with the Colts here at home. They, they've been looking really good. Um, they did lose to the Titans. This is sort of a getting one back on this team. Um, yeah, so I am going to go with the Colts here as well. Um, getting to the next game here, Jacksonville against Seattle. Nate, I'll get to you for fantasy. So for um, Jacksonville, you can maybe take a look at James Robinson, Marvin Jones Jr., uh, Laviscus, Chenault, and then maybe for deeper leagues, you can take a look at Trevor Lawrence, depending on um, how you feel about um, Seattle's defense. And I guess for Seattle, um, you can take a look at Alex Collins, uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. In deeper leagues, you can look, take a look at Gerald Everett. And I guess if you really like um, how Geno Smith's been playing, you can take a look at him as well, because um, I guess Jacksonville um, may, I guess, give up a little a little bit more um, points to Geno Smith kind of depends. All right. And getting to the spread here, Seahawks are favored by three and a half. Uh, Nate, which side are you on here? Um, It's going to be kind of hard to say. I guess I will. I guess maybe you can uh, take a look at the Seahawks. All right. Mete, uh, which side are you on here? Uh, sorry. What was the spread? <laughs> it's three and a three and a half for the Seahawks. Okay. Um, I think I'll go with Jacksonville. Uh, Seattle's been really tough on offense lately. So yeah, I'll go for the Jaguars. Yeah, I think I might lean with the Seahawks here. I mean, they are at home. Um, it is only three and a half. So I mean, maybe they get the win here. I think they can cover it. Uh. Their defense has been better, kind of liking what I've been seeing lately. So, yeah, I'm going to sort of lean with the Seahawks here. Um, and then getting to the next game, L.A. Chargers against the New England Patriots. I'll preview this one for fantasy. Um, for the Chargers, you're starting Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Jared Cook. And then maybe deep league starts would be like Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, or you probably sit them. And then for the Patriots, you're starting Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, and Hunter Henry, and then guys that you probably only start in deep leagues would be like Mac Jones, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and Jonu Smith. Um, and then getting to the spread for this game here, it looks like the Chargers are favored by five and a half. Mete, I'll start with you this time. Which side are you leaning here? Uh, five and a half. Chargers at home. I think I might have to go with the Chargers. It's not the biggest spread, and like I said, they're at home, so... Yeah, I kind of like uh, the Chargers here. All right, Nate, getting to you, I guess, which side are you on here? Um, I guess it's pretty much a situation of um, two really solid teams. Um, so I guess I'll still go with the Chargers at this point. All right, and um, 
Yeah, I think at two and a half, I think there's a ch- chance I would have taken the Chargers, but now at five and a half, there's no way I'm not taking New England here. Um, we saw how they've kept it close with pretty much every single team. Dallas only covered on them at the end of the game there in overtime. It was pretty much deadlocked. Uh, they covered against a tough box team. They've been covering against a lot of tough teams. And yeah, so I'm just going to keep rolling with the Patriots. They've just been covering the spread lately, and I, I really like what they've been doing. So yeah, I'm going to take the Patriots here. Um, getting to you, Mete, uh, Washington against Denver. Preview that one for fantasy. All right, so for Washington, uh, Taylor Heineke in deeper leagues, or if you're in a tough quarterback situation, Antonio Gibson, 100%. Terry McLaurin, another no-doubter. And then Ricky Seals-Jones, I'd go for in deeper leagues or if you're in a tough tight end situation. For Denver, uh, Melvin Gordon, probably in uh, like deeper leagues. Javante Williams, I'd probably start him in kind of deeper leagues as well, like around 12 teams or more. Cortland Sutton, for sure. Uh, Noah Fant, I think, for sure as well. And then Jerry Judy, uh, if he plays, uh, he's questionable right now, I think, or something like that. And then if he doesn't play, maybe you could look at Tim Patrick. All right, and let's get to the spread now. The Broncos are favored by three at home. Mete, which way are you looking here? Uh, I might have to go with Washington. Denver is at home, but they're on a four-game losing streak. They really haven't looked that great. So, yeah, I think I'll side with Washington. All right, Nate, getting to you, I guess, which side are you on here? I'll go with uh, the Broncos. Um, Washington's defense hasn't been so great, especially against the pass. And um, they have really good wide receivers and a pretty solid quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater in Denver, so I'll go with the Broncos. All right, for me, I guess this is a coin flip game for me. I'll take the points with the Washington football team. So, yeah, I will definitely lean there. This game could go any which way. I wouldn't be surprised if any of these teams covered, but, yeah, I'm sort of going to lean with Washington there. Um, Nate, I'll get to you. Tampa Bay against New Orleans. Preview that one for fantasy. So for Tampa Bay, um, it's pretty much a starter-heavy team. So whoever's on the start on the starters for Tampa Bay, you can take a look at Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, um, Gronk. As long as he's healthy, you can start him. Um, and then for New Orleans, you can take a look at. Alvin Kamara and Marcus Callaway. And then maybe for deep leagues, you can take a look at Jameis Winston. For tight ends, it kind of depends who starts. Um, if Jawan Johnson you can, is starting, maybe you can start him. If Adam Trotman is starting, maybe you can start him. It just kind of um, depends who you think is going to be the starter. All right. And uh, let's move to the spread now. Tampa's favored by five and a half. Uh, some places says five. Actually, I think it's now down to five. Nate, uh, which side are you taking here? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Tampa Bay. They've just been really solid this year. And I feel like um, five is doable. It's pretty much just like either two field goals or just one score. So I feel like Tampa Bay can cover that. Yeah, I think for me, the Saints have been an up-and-down team. They've just had their up, and now it's time for their down. So, yeah, Tampa Bay should win by at least a touchdown for me. So I'll go with Tampa. And uh, Mete, getting to you, I guess, which side are you on? 
Oh, yeah, I'm really sorry. I missed the spread again. Uh, it's uh, five for Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I have to go Tampa Bay. I know the Saints are home, but the Buccaneers, they're playing amazing right now, so I don't want to go against the Bucs right now. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants to go against the Bucs right now. Uh, no matter who they're playing, they're definitely a really solid team. Um, Metail jumped to you um, Sunday night, Dallas against Minnesota, previous for fantasy. Yeah, uh, so thankfully Dallas gets their bye week out of the way. And for the Cowboys, I go for the guys I usually start, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard in deeper leagues, Dalton Schultz, he's been amazing this season, uh, Mari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and then maybe Michael Gallup if he's able to play. And for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, he's also had a great season. Uh, Dalvin Cook, for sure. Adam Thielen, for sure. Justin Jefferson, 100%. And then Ty Conklin, if you're in a deeper league or you have a tough tight end situation. All right. And getting to the spread, Cowboys are favored by two and a half. I'm going to take the Cowboys here um, until they prove otherwise. I think they're the best against the spread team in the NFL. They keep covering every game. So I'm going to go with them. Mete, which side are you on? Yeah, uh, you don't even have to ask me. I'm going with the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I knew it. And uh, <laughs> Nate, getting to you, uh, which side are you on here? Um, I guess I'll ride the Cowboys train as well. I mean, best team against the spread right now in the NFL. You got to keep riding that train. Um, and then getting to the Monday night game, I'll preview it. Kansas City against the Giants. Uh, for the Chiefs, if Mahomes is healthy, you're starting him. Daryl Williams, Tyree Kill, and Travis Kelsey. Then you'll probably sit in guys like Jarek McKinnon, McCole Hardman, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, and Josh Gordon. Um, and then for the Giants, I don't know who to start here. Saquon Barkley, if he plays. If he doesn't play, you're starting Devontae Booker. And I don't know if I'd start anyone else. Deep leagues, Daniel Jones, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton. And I don't think Kenny Galladay is going to play or Kadarius Toney. So, yeah, you're pretty much... Uh, there's pretty few options here with the, the Giants team. Um, getting to the spread here, it's minus nine and a half for the Chiefs. Uh, I think I might go with the Giants here. I don't know if Mahomes is going to be fully healthy, but I guess, uh, Nate, what are your thoughts? Um, It kind of depends on, I guess, like what you said, depends if Mahomes is healthy. If he's not playing, I think you can go with the Giants. If he's playing... I mean, there might be a chance for an upset as well. All right. And um, Mete, which side are you leaning here? Chiefs are favored by nine and a half. Yeah, I feel like that spread is too big. The Chiefs, they haven't been reliable lately. So, yeah, I might have to go with the Giants as well. All right. And that's going to be the end of this Fanatics football episode. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We've been posting pics every day. Definitely go check those out. Check us out on YouTube and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts for this episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. Hit the bell for notifications on YouTube. Leave us a review, all that good stuff. And yeah, guys, this should be a great slate of football. Not too many bye weeks this week. Lots of good games. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.